Hey everybody, <clears throat> welcome to this week of local and SEO and marketing QA with Greg Gifford and myself, Ben Fisher. Hey, how are you doing today, Greg? I am wonderful, how are you, sir? You know, I cannot complain. It's the end of the week, so yay. In other words, just getting started. So you were in uh, California recently, right? I was. I was out in Huntington Beach this week. Um, not actually sure if I'm allowed to say why I was out there, but uh, man, I hate to be all cryptic. It did have something <laughs> to do with an episode of a TV show. So nice. uh, that, that could actually be pretty cool. Uh, and I got to hang out with the Queen Joy, which was really fun because we haven't hung out in a couple of years. And right on. Uh, she actually taught us a, a really complicated board game that honestly, probably I'd never would have learned how to play if I'd have just tried to pick it up on my own. It's really complicated, but it was super fun. So it was a great week. Very cool, man. Very cool. Well, welcome back. And uh, yeah, it's good to be back in our rhythm, actually. I mean, we have like, what, a month off there now? So we're back every other yeah. week, everybody. We're back. We're back. Yes. Everybody's so happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, cool. We have a fun session today. Lots of questions. And our guest, Chase Buckner from Go High Level, is with us. All right. Next slide, please. Click. Come on. Click. There we go. All right. <laughs> so, as always, you can reach Greg at Searchlight Digital, uh, Greg Gifford on Twitter. Chase, you can reach him at WC Buckner. And myself, you can always reach me at The Social Dude. All right, next slide, please. Uh, and if you don't haven't already, please join our community on Facebook. It's a pretty good and thriving community. I think we got like 14,000 members or something like that now. And uh, a lot of smart people. So if you have any questions or if you want to share any knowledge, please feel free to join our group. And as always... <clears throat> If you can't make it, please join and subscribe to our podcast. You can reach us on Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, and you can get some audio goodness. So when you're driving, if you're driving, you can always listen to us or at the gym. Up to you. You can all listen right? to Ben and Greg all day long, every day. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, coolness. Awesome. Chase, you know, you are our special guest today. So Thank please. you so much for having me. Yes, man. Yes. So please tell us a little bit about Go High Level. And more importantly, how does Go High Level help agencies that are in local marketing specifically? Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, our number one mission is to reduce churn. But I'm Chase Buckner. Uh, I'm the director of sales and marketing at High Level. We are an all-in-one sales and marketing platform for agencies specifically. So we enable agencies to typically shed a lot of tech stack bloat you know, um, consolidate into one tool that they white label and sell to their clients as their own software. So what we find is using the features of the tool, you're able to increase client performance, which helps clients stick around. But the fact that it's sticky software that they use every day to manage conversations, reviews, all that kind of stuff also reduces churn. So it's kind of like a double whammy. And uh, I'm excited to be here with you guys today. I know Ben and I had a great conversation a couple of months ago. So I'm excited to hang with you guys. Right on, man. Well, cool. Glad glad to have you. We don't usually uh, talk to to people like yourself. So with, uh, well, not like yourself, of course, <laughs> but like, you know, with uh, Go High Level software agents for agencies. So this is kind of cool. Thank you. All right. With that, we are just going to go ahead and we're going to start diving into questions because we've had a lot of questions come in. Um going to start off really quickly with a just one little piece of news it, it's kind of a it's kind of interesting actually there hasn't been a ton of news when it comes to local um this year so far but eh, we got one piece today and that is the follow button and the welcome offer from google my business or google business profiles i'm sorry has now been deprecated and i'll drop that into our chat so everybody can see it Oops. Uh, and so anyway, so yeah, it's been deprecated. Um, <clears throat> I remember when they rolled that out and we were actually, oh gosh, we were actually at the, uh, one of the summits there that Google has. And um, when they first rolled this out, it was like intended to really help drive more sales to somebody, uh, to a merchant than anything else. And uh, I specifically asked them at that point, I was like, so is this your kind of next lame attempt at being social? And they're like, no, why would a merchant ever want to be social? But it's like, yeah, I, I guess you 
guys are right about that. Anyway, uh, so, uh, but yeah, so now they've gone ahead and I guess they've killed it, <clears throat> which means that nobody was using it. Who knew? Who could have predicted that one? What do you think, Greg? <laughs> I mean, how many times have, has Google tried to do social and the rest of the world says, <laughs> exactly. Uh, really we really didn't plan that. that. It was just a nice setup for my buzzer sound effect. <laughs> would have been better if it was planned. No, just kidding. No, if it was so, planned, we would have had like better sound effects. So it'd be like, I need the sad trombone, the wah, wah, wah. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. You have any thoughts on that one though, Chase? Google gets a lot of sad trombones when it comes to trying to get into social. <laughs> I think they just have a, a lot of sad trombones when they're trying to figure out if people are actually using things or not. So if you think of, if you think about it, right, this follow button and the welcome offer, where did they have these things, right? The follow button was first rolled out. It was in um, sort of, I think it was Discover or something like that in Maps, in the Map app, actually, in the lower right-hand tray. Okay. Yeah, it was called For You, or it is called For You. So they had it there. That's where the welcome offer would show up, by the way. Okay. Mm. So in other words, nobody saw it. Yep. The follow button was only on mobile, if I recall. And they only recently, in the, like in the past, what, four months, rolled it out to everybody or to um, where it was pretty uh, visible. And so I don't know. It's one of the things I said, I'd say with Google is sometimes they set themselves up to fail. I almost you know wonder what's if really they have funny? to. So we uh, integrate with Google in a lot of ways, high level runs on the Google cloud. And so um, we have a lot of, we, we love the folks at Google. Um, but recently I've been having conversations with a specific team in Google because of a new local service ad integration that we're rolling out. Um, mm -hmm. You'll be able to connect high level calendars to the book with Google calendar. Hmm. And some of that stuff, some of those conversations are really funny. I mean, I don't want to get myself in trouble, but when you talk about usage of things, you know, like I was working, my team was working on a landing page and I was trying to get some graphics, some screenshots. And so I'm Googling, trying to find businesses that have this thing turned on and I'm Googling and Googling. I'm going every major city and I'm like, what the heck is going on here? And on my next call, I'm like, Hey, I can't find anybody that actually has this turned on. I'm like, yeah, well, the usage isn't quite where we'd like it to be, which is why, you know, we, we <laughs> want to talk to you guys about how we can get people excited. And it's kind of like, <laughs> wow, okay, all right. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, sometimes we just think like Google is like this big, amazing, um, you know, can't fail enterprise. But yeah, no, they struggle all over the place. No, unfortunately, it's filled with a bunch of human beings, and human beings fail at things pretty often. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, Greg, this one's right up your ball, your alley, man. Recommended alternative for Yext. Uh, anything? <laughs> Literally anything other than Yext is a recommended alternative for Yext. Uh, no, so... <sighs> Look, here's the skinny with Yext. They hit 60-ish directories, but for any particular vertical, maybe five or six of those directories even matter for your vertical. So you're paying to send your stuff out to a bunch of directories that don't matter. And they don't actually change the information. So if you have bad information on a site and you have the Yext feed and it happens to go to that site, and it's like a band-aid. It overlays that information, but you got to keep paying Yext for forever. As soon as you stop paying Yext and the data feed goes away, then it's up to the site whether they want to keep Yext data or not. And every single time Yext data goes away and the bad information is back. So recommended alternative, do it manually, do it yourself. Or if you don't want to do it yourself, there's plenty of places like WhiteSpark and Bright Local that have citation submission services that you can send to. You could go to something like Moz or DBA or whatever and submit to the aggregators that maybe will fix that stuff. Now, if it's a question of I'm an enterprise business with lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of locations and I need something to maximize my efficiency, well, then sure, there's a lot of things out there like DBA platform, uh, uh, other things like that, that will let you access a lot of different GBPs from one single login and do things that way. Uh, you know, reputation 
platforms out there will let you answer reviews on a lot of different GBPs and things like that. But unless you have a whole boatload of different locations, you really don't need Yext. You know, <clears throat> you need another sound for that uh, the board there. What's that? You need a, <clears throat> a drop mic drop sound. <laughs> because that's pretty much it, man. You got it. That's, dude, fucking, you're genius. That's all I got. So say. now uh, you're up on this one. <clears throat> yes. We've got a good one where Google automatically rejects all GMB posts and will not display images. What can I do? The additional details. I'm working on my plastic surgery client's GMB. I initially contacted Google because none of our GMB photos were being displayed. They informed me some of them violated guidelines. Yep. I assume they were referring to before and after pics. I removed all photos yep. and then added back only images of the office and the doctor. The photos are still not being displayed. It's been two weeks. And now all posts are automatically rejected the moment I submit them. I contacted Google again, but have not heard back any idea as to what I can do. Any help appreciated. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, hey, Christy, how you doing? Um, thanks for the question. This one, unfortunately, is there is one answer. <clears throat> and that is, is yes, before and after pictures are not allowed, actually, as per the guidelines. And um, especially since this is a doctor, some of them actually might have been flagged internally for nudity uh, or raciness, adult, basically, even though they're maybe not. Um, <clears throat> and I'm assuming that they're probably not because, well, it's plastic surgery, actually. So it could have been, um, it's very possible. Actually, I've seen photos get, uh, <clears throat> axed, excuse me. I've seen some photos get axed actually, where it was just an elbow. Um, and you know, we basically got flagged for nudity. So the first thing I would do is number one is go to uh, Google's Cloud Vision API. They're Google and go ahead, drag one of the images that are getting rejected into the tool, see what it comes back with and see if get how it gets scored for being racy or adult. That's number one. Number two, the reason this is happening to you is your account basically has a flag on it. And that flag is for basically bracing uh, for hitting the guy, um, breaking the guidelines multiple times. When this happens, your entire account's not going to get suspended. It could, by the way. Uh, your entire account's not going to get suspended, but your ability to upload media is now restricted. So the only way that you can get this back is to basically appeal. Now, you've said that you've gone through support and they're basically saying, go pound sand. Um, what I would say is, is this, is you, pro you can go to the Google My Business community and open up a thread. Uh, what I would do is, is I would make a spreadsheet or a Google Doc that has all of the images and posts that you've made, basically. Specifically the images, though. The ones that are being rejected. Um, even the before and afters. So that way they can take a look at it. And this may or may not fix your problem, but it's as close to getting that flag cleared as possible. And, uh, and of course, you'd have to change your behavior and, and what you're posting. So use that Google Vision API as well. And it could potentially have something to do with the language of the content, not the image in your post, because anything with sexual connotation or potty humor, you know, like if you are a plumber and you say you will, uh, you have a, a toilet repair special, toilet is a word that's mm -hmm. going to get you dinged. Uh, yeah. you know, if you're a, a handyman and you say, Hey, come buy some used tools, tools going to get you dinged. So, you know, if it's a plastic surgeon and you're putting up a, something that says, you know, Hey, we're great at doing breast implants, breast would get you dinged and you wouldn't be able to do that post regardless of what's in the photo. So it could potentially be that too, but you, you definitely have the, the flag there. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, Trisha, yeah, absolutely. Before and after they do not like them. However, I mean, if your, your client's doing a facelift, doing facelifts, uh, and it's not getting hit, you might be able to get away with it. In this case, it was a, a, you know, plastic surgery. So plastic surgery absolutely can, can run afoul of, of adult. And Fine. Michael just said pest control can't say blood sucker or yeah. Can't say blood sucker for bed bugs. That's because you've got suck in there. You're not allowed to have the word suck in a post either. Yep. <laughs> the nanny bot is Paul, what we call it. Paul just put in the chat asking if there's a list of words that get dinged. I don't have one. If anybody does, it would be joy. But I don't even know mm -hmm. if she's got a full list. To be honest. Yeah, she, does. she does. She does. <clears throat> okay. Then Joy's got a list. Uh, 
It's not very exhaustive, but yeah. I mean, basically, if it's something that could be at all construed as sexual, it's probably not going to go. Yep, exactly. And I will just say this, Joey, for carpet cleaning, uh, house painting, mold remediation. um, I've seen photos for mold remediation where it was the corner of a ceiling. And Google thought that was racy. Wow. Probably think why. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so, but, um, but yeah, Google thought it was racing and you threw it through the API because somebody was complaining about it on the forum and you throw it through the API and he did, it came back as racing. So go figure. It's machine learning's fault. <laughs> yeah, really. Totally. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, cool. So this next one's for you, Greg. <clears throat> what type of picks do you recommend for doctors? No other context. No other context. Well, my answer with that would be, eh, it depends. <laughs> uh, I'm going to assume that this is a question for what type of pics should you upload to your GBP if you're a doctor? And the answer is pretty simple because it's really the same answer for everyone. You need pictures of the inside of your office pictures of the outside of your office, and then pictures related to what you do, obviously avoiding the stuff that we just talked about. Pictures of your team are always helpful. One of the things that I don't like to see, and you go to bars, restaurants, doctors, dentists, and all of the interior office pictures are the office completely empty. And you don't see any customers or clients and you don't see any staff. So show clients, show customers, show staff members, show what it looks like when there's real people in your location. And then anything that shows your personality, because again, if people are looking at your photos, which we know they do, we want your photos to show who you are because they're trying to decide where they're going to do business and show your personality, show that you're cool. And that's the sort of stuff that you should share. Yeah, right on. <clears throat> and I think what was it last week or what well, last show, actually, we were talking about, um, oh, a study, I forget, was uh, Blumenthal, I think, did it, right? With the doctor and the gloves. I think that, that was Mike, wasn't it? I think it was, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember, but I think it was Mike. Yeah, and he was basically using the, the Google Vision API and the first picture, or actually, you know what? It might have been Headley, actually, now that I think about it. Anyway, but they were using the Vision API and for a doctor specifically. And yeah, thank you, Joey. That's why I figured the dentist. <clears throat> and um, so basically, what he had gloves on and glasses on, and Google was picking that up, basically thinking this is about glasses and gloves. Remove the gloves, remove the glasses, and all of a sudden, now it's a dentist, basically. So um, important because Google uses its index. <clears throat> okay. uh, wait, there was a question. Oh, there it is. Sean asked pictures inside the office. Will Google ding you for a picture of a folding table as a desk? Google's not going to care whether it's an expensive desk or a $20 <clears throat> card table. Yeah, right. That, that doesn't really matter. So uh, next question is for you, my friend. Uh, what are the GMB spam instances where it's, you know, I got to kind of wonder how long it's going to be until the questions we get submitted to us switch from using GMB to GBP. I I put the over under at about two years. Two years? That's what I think. All right. Yeah, I'll take 1.5. Okay, we'll see. This is recorded. So this is on record and we will see in either (laughs) 1.5 or two years who was right. Anyway, the question, (laughs) what are the GMB spam instances where it's too much trouble to pursue and it's unlikely to be actioned by Google? Additional details, Google taking action could either mean redressal forms or suggest an edit. We just don't want to spend a massive amount of time on spam scenarios that lead nowhere. Uh, Yeah. So this is the question, has been the question actually for almost what the past year and a half now, well, at least a year. So where can I go with this? We deal with a metric ton of spam um, at state demand. And we're talking tens of thousands of listings per month. And um, all across tons of uh, all sorts of different categories. <clears throat> the GMB spam instances that are too much trouble to pursue. Um, to be honest with you, it's going to be name spam. It is the least likely thing to be actioned on. And even if it is actioned on, then it's probably going to revert back. And the answer to that is actually 60% of the time. 
it will revert back. Um, so if you're okay with constantly doing suggested edit and constantly doing redressals for very small return, then uh, then do name spam. Now I will say this: there's a couple of good things about reporting name spam. When you report name spam, <clears throat> actually, when you report anything on a listing, Google does a ton of automated checks. And they might find something else is wrong with that listing and they will take it down or the one, the owner, one of the two. So in that case, it's actually fantastic. But again, most of the time, unfortunately, it's not. Uh, the other one is going to be, and this is going to make probably a lot of people in the audience cry, and that's going to be homes. So if somebody is like a plumbing company, for instance, is using a bunch of employees' homes um, for a GMB listing and they've hidden the address the chances of it getting removed are going to be pretty low. But again, it's sometimes good just to report them just to see if Google can find something else wrong with the listing. Um, I don't know. What else? What do you, you have anything else you'd like to add to that one there, Greg? No. Yeah, you got that one covered. <laughs> All right. We see we need that mic drop. I'm just saying. Chase, how about you? Maybe Chase has something. This stuff for me is fascinating, right? Before I joined the team at High Level, I ran an agency and we had a really robust SEO team. Um, and so, you know, before we hit record, Ben was like, what's your, lo what's your local knowledge? And I'm like, pretty good. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm sure we're going to get crazy questions on here that I have no freaking clue what the answers are. And that would be one of them. So, no, I have nothing to add in that one. <clears throat> does, uh, does Go High Level deal anything? <clears throat> I mean, I assume it wouldn't. But does it deal with anything that has to do with some, something like this? We have um, one cool feature. So when you connect your GMB, and again, I'm, I'm calling it GMB, I'm sorry. Uh, when you connect the client's GMB to their account in high level, we start automatically pulling in the reviews. And one nice thing that we've done, um, which is a really subtle feature, but people love it, is you can reply to the review right from our app, but there's also a link to dispute it. Oh, really? And so, yeah, we've found that um, you know, SMBs, business owners have no clue how to dispute a review, right? But they go nuts when they see spam reviews. And so it's this big point of frustration. And so we just put the link right there and it just opens up the modal and they can just, you know, give the reason why they're disputing it. And Google takes those things down, right? Like if it's, a, you know, pushing cryptocurrency or whatever, like, yeah, Google will, re will remove it. But it's a nice way to get the agency out of the way and just let the SMB do it on their own. And, you know, it's right there um, below the review. So, and that's just one little cool thing that we've done to help combat spam. Nice. That's pretty cool. Awesome. Fun. All right. So, well, thanks for that question there. And let's see, Greg, we have uh, any, from, a question from Ina Drucker. And it's about da -da -da -da, technical SEO. Uh, so what is the technical SEO in regards to GMB, Google Business Profile? Can we change mobile friendliness or the speed of the listing? Or is it just technical SEO of the website mirrors positively on the GMB listing? Yep, there is no SEO, uh, well, technical SEO that you can do on the GMB listing but also there is no speed of your listing or even mobile friendliness of your listing because it's just Google's page and you can't change any of the technical code in Google's page because none of us have access. So yeah, there's just nothing to do there. When you're worried about technical SEO, it's all about what's on your site and the code that's driving your site. Yep. Can I ask you guys a question related to this? Absolutely not. What do you hear? Yeah, no, no questions. <laughs> yeah, of course. Go for it, man. Is it nowadays, is there anything that you can do on a site like schema or stuff like that, that would change something in a GMB listing? Like, you know, in the SERP result, it used to be like, how do I get my pages to index like that? And it was related to structure on your site. Is there anything that plays into GMB in that regard? Or is it the same for everybody? You want to start, Greg, or shall I? Yes, you can potentially, depending on your vertical, uh, it will pull in event schema uh, sometimes, but not always. So you can have events listed because I know we had, a, it was a, actually a hospital I was helping out on the forum uh, last year that had a whole lot of events showing up on the hospital's listing. 
that weren't on the hospital's website because there was another website that was doing an event with the hospital and they had that page completely marked up with schema and somehow Google was pulling the event schema from another site. And so that was a whole train wreck to try to uncover that. So potentially, yes. Uh, you know, when it's restaurants and stuff, you could have the, you know, the order now button show up if you're doing DoorDash or something like that. So that could potentially be something on a website that affects what shows up on your profile. But I mean, I'd be more worried about just all the people that typically worry about what can I do to enhance my profile are the people that usually haven't even done all the basics on their profile, you know, so just do the basics first. Yep, that's absolutely correct. I will say this. Okay, so number one, yeah, linking to your GMB is going to give you great dividends and great ranking power. And as a matter of fact, link directly to the CID. I am completely joking, by the way. Don't do that. It's a myth. <clears throat> but when uh, when we get clients or prospects that come to us and they say, okay, well, what can I do? You know, my ranking is falling, blah, 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 blah. You know, what can I do? What can I do with GMB? And I usually say, well, your GMB looks fantastic. It looks good. It's optimized and everything's going well. Let's go take a look at your website. Uh, let's go take a look at the speed of your website and run it through page insights tools. Let's go take a look at Google search console. What does Google search console have to tell us? Um, you know, schema, meh, who cares? But, you know, schema doesn't impact things too much, but content on your site can. For instance, Google, like Greg was just saying, it's like Google will bring in like uh, happy hours usually based on the content on your site. They will check your t- you know, the times you're open based on content on your site. Um, you know, they might even pull in and include owner information, like who's the owner of the company based on content from your site. Regardless so of schema, they'll pull in a happy hour just because they're reading it off yep. the site? Wow. Yep, exactly, because not a lot of companies have happy hours, so they have to scrape it basically. <laughs> and they're not going to add it as a feature inside of Google My Business or Google Business Profiles. It would be way too easy for people to do things, right? I know, right? Exactly. So, <clears throat> yeah. So basically, I guess the, the the thing we're trying to say here is, is yes, technical SEO on your site can impact your local rankings. Period. All right. Next one is for you, and it is from Lindy. And the question is, should I delete old pics? from GBP. Uh, We built a lot of pictures over time in our GBP. We have now moved locations and had some staff turnover. Should I delete all the images of the old location and former employees? I think the answer to that is, is yes. And the reason really is, is that customer experience, you know? I was gonna say the same thing. Sometimes we get so caught up in worrying about the algorithms, we forget about the humans. That is an excellent point. Yep. And 1000% Chase. Exactly. You know, so, so yeah, so go ahead and delete them unless you really, really like nostalgia and leave them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the things that we suggest, you know, I have a lot of car dealer clients and a lot of time we'll suggest to car dealers, Hey, look, if you're up North and it's the dead of winter and there's four feet of snow on the ground for four months, yet all of your pictures of your building are nice, sunny photos in you know, cloudless summer sky, upload photos of what it looks like in the winter. There's no reason not to upload seasonal photos that show, again, matching what customer experience would be coming to your business. I had a consulting call the other day. <laughs> it was so funny. I'm sure you get these too. Um, where the customer's like, so it was an agency too, by the way. So uh, yeah, I was teaching their team. Nice. Anyway, they were like, so... Um, we've heard that make, taking images and taking photos of like a monument that's down the street or a bridge or the local bar. This is for a PI lawyer, by the way. <laughs> and how far out should we go and take images that are going to help us rank? Yeah, that's, interesting. that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the actual, I would have told them, yeah, the actual, nobody knows this, but the actual <laughs> number is 7.2 miles from your location. It is. It's, it's exactly seven. How'd you know, dude? Well, I, oh, wait, is that the sort of stuff we're not supposed to talk about publicly? <gasps> oh, man. Now watch, somebody's listening here. And tomorrow there's going to be a post from Barry that's like, 
just announced if you take photos within 7.2 miles of your location, you'll rank better in Google. <laughs> yep. You're going to be minute. misquoted all over the internet. By the, uh, that by happens the all the time way. anyway. Yeah, right. Uh, okay. So, all right, Greg, here we go, man. This one is for you. All right. Wait, let um, me ask you guys a question related to that one. Because yeah, go Talking for it. about humans. <clears throat> I, it drives me nuts Like when I'm looking at an Airbnb and then they have all these pictures of the stuff down the street, down the block, etc. I'm like, I want to see pictures of the house. Now, what do you guys think? Is this the same thing where it's like, don't show me the monument that's down the street? It depends on the Airbnb that I'm looking at. Because if, uh, you know, we, we took the, the kids for Thanksgiving, not last year, but two years ago. Uh, we took them to Colorado. And so we were looking at Airbnb options and I didn't mind the fact that, you know, we had 30 plus photos of the actual place we'd be staying. And then they just threw in like 10 photos of, you know, here's stuff that's within a, you know, 20 minute drive of this location that you could do. So I don't mind that, but I would have, it, it would have bothered me if they just showed like three pictures of the house and then 20 pictures of, of, you know, touristy stuff. Yeah. Right. Totally. I, I, I think Chase to answer your question is, or your statement there is, is that I think, it, well, it does. It, it kind of depends. Oh, it oh. depends. It depends. It depends. Ah, it depends. <laughs> on vertical, on vertical. So I agree too, for like, for even a hotel, right. Or an Airbnb or any kind of accommodation. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of the stuff that's around the area. Sounds uh, like, like others do too. Trish is agreeing with you. Um, but yeah, it makes way more sense in that context than it does on a GMB, right? Because yeah, for you're, sure. you're well, going to experience the area. And like for a lawyer, right? <clears throat> for a lawyer, I don't care if you have a Starbucks two miles away, right? I mean, I care if you have a Starbucks in your lobby, but uh, like I'm going to meet you there, but whatever, you know. <clears throat> but, you know, I don't care if there, there's a museum right around the corner because I'm not going to go to the museum and then go to my lawyer or vice versa. Just yeah. not going to happen so but great question um all right great this one is for you specifically this one calls you out by the way man Ooh, no pressure right yeah no pressure dude all right greg mentioned that gbp look at this gbp what the heck right it's two in a row now watch everybody listening is going to submit a bunch of questions and use gbp on purpose just because we said it was going to take a year and a half two years yeah, and then you can They're just ship that maker's mark us. right over, man. <laughs> so, all right. So, Greg mentioned the GBP, Google Business Profile. Posts should be something that you do to stand out from the crowd and drive more conversions. I remember this conversation. Can you provide some more detail or examples? I am a personal injury lawyer, and I post blogs to GBP, which means posts. A lot of people call them blogs and announcements such as awards and new hires. But I sense that there must be more that I'm missing or could do. Thank you in advance. Local statues. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> your posts need to all be things that are within 7.2 miles of your office. Uh, okay. Uh, Sean submitted this question and Sean, hopefully you're listening. Um, I don't want to be all mean, but the post that you're doing uh, you're approaching it like it's social media and it's not social media. You got to remember that the people that are seeing your posts are people that are looking for you by name. So it is their first impression. Typically, they haven't been to your website yet, especially if you're a PI attorney. It's not like you have people window shopping. Like they, they're going to go to your site when they need your service. You want to put something there that's going to make you stand out from the crowd, make you compelling. And blog posts, nobody cares about your blog posts. And for any vertical out there, you should not be sharing blog posts on Google posts like you should share blog posts to promote your content on social media. Again, awards, maybe if you just won an award, you could put it there. But really, I wouldn't put that there. For sure, I wouldn't put announcements about staff because nobody's going to care that you hired a new attorney or that you hired a new paralegal or you hired a new receptionist. This is more like, the kind of promotionally focused things, compelling things, uh, you know, as a PI attorney, uh, you know, there was a big winter storm in Dallas and all the PI or well, most of the PI attorneys that were forward thinking put up a lot of stuff about, Hey, did you slip and fall on the ice? 
It doesn't usually happen in Texas, but we can help if you got injured or, hey, lots of accidents this weekend from the weather. If you got hit and you need help, call us. So do the timely things like that related to weather. If you're, you know, in a place that that makes sense, you know, obviously, if you're up north, you could do that all the time during the winter. But it made a bigger impact in Texas where you don't usually have the slip and fall type of thing. So specials promotional things, anything like that, that is going to make people want to click through and learn more when they haven't been to your site and don't know about you yet. That's the sort of stuff you need to be posting. This I, I typically call like blog posts, you know, staff announcements, things like that. I call that social fluff. That's stuff that you should push out on social and it matters on social, but definitely is not effective as a post. Is that mic drop again? I'm just saying that's three. Yeah, that was, nailed that one. It's three, Greg. I know a little bit about posts. (laughs) Right. Uh, One thing I will say is this is okay. So something that you might be missing out on is this, you know, going back to what Greg is talking about with transactional posts, more promotional than they are versus informational. And that is, is this, why not highlight the review of the week? It's really hard for a personal injury lawyer to get reviews in the first place. So if you got them, show it, flaunt it. It doesn't take any time to take your reviews and go into Canva and get an image basically that you can post. Actually, I think there's a tool that doesn't gather up. I think that does that. That makes text into an image to post. Yeah. I I think so. I don't remember. Oh, yep. Trisha just said gather up does it. Yep. So uh, yeah, I think yeah they did add that feature. So yeah. So that's one concept or one idea that's very low impact. and It's very easy to do. So. And don't forget, you could do videos as posts as well. So you could, you know, if you have customer testimonials, those actually work really well. If you put that, you know, it's got to be 75 megabytes or smaller or and or 30 seconds or shorter. But those can be really, really effective as posts. Now, obviously, you don't want to just post a million videos and only post videos. But every once in a while, they can work really well. Yeah, And those TikToks that you're making, come on, repurpose them. I'm kidding, by the way, actually, about that. (laughs) Are posts here to stay, or is this going to be another Google flop? Um, Posts are here to stay. Yeah, Yeah? for sure. Yeah, they're very successful. Yeah, based on if if they're done right, they're very successful. Yeah, based on usage, basically. Um, Yeah, that's all I can say about that. Uh, We have a comment here just to keep on this really quickly. And that is, is uh, Russ is saying Google states that you need the consumer's permission to use the review in marketing. Uh, Not really, because they've given you the explicit use uh, of it when they left it on your profile. It's now user generated content. It's free for the internet, actually. So anybody can kind of use it actually technically. Um. Oh, that's interesting. Russ saying Google Marketing Kit no longer offers uh, allows for reviews. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. Yep. So, but next question ahead. is for you. Okay. And that one is other than this amazing group and Zoom, can you recommend any other groups? Oh, Steven, you rock. We're going to send you a local marketing institute mug. Now, but seriously, um, uh, other places to go. So what I recommend is is stalk all of us on Twitter. So, I mean, uh, there is a li- I think I have a list actually for product experts. And there's tons of other lists there for good uh, local SEO people. Just go take a look at Greg's profile and find all the lists that he's in and follow one of them. Um, but most of us local SEO peeps are on Twitter. And this is where we share our stuff. And the next thing I would say is, is that uh, go to local search forum. The queen, Joy Hawkins, has localsearchforum.com. Uh, and it is a fantastic resource. Tons of really good questions. No stupid questions. I mean, nothing is a stupid question, of course. So, and lots of really smart people. And that's where all of them, pretty much almost all of us hang up too. So, um, so I would say go there for learning. And then the last thing I'll say is, is that Claire Carlisle has a fantastic um, resource page on her site. I believe it's clairecarlisle.com. And it's got all of the different places where you can do learning, uh, follow up on news. And of course, it's got everybody's Twitter handle as well. I don't know, Greg, what do you think, man? Anything I'm missing there? Yeah, I mean, there's like a million groups on Facebook. And I kind of get group overload, honestly. 
so I like Twitter a lot better than anything else because you can, because of the fact you can have just a couple of lists that you want to go pay attention to go in and filter out all the noise and see what you see. And mm-hmm. that's pretty great. I, I honestly don't have anywhere else I'd recommend other than the, the forum and Twitter. Yeah, there's only two groups in, in Facebook that I'll even talk about touch. And one is ours local, the uh, local marketing institutes, right? Local marketing Institute connect. And then uh, joy has local search insiders basically, but everybody else, <clears throat> there's like a general help group out there, but it's filled with a lot of, a lot of spammers actually. And uh, not a great, a lot of great information. So yeah, totally agree, man. All right. <clears throat> so Greg, this one's for you. All right. <clears throat> so. All right. Ben Holbrook. How's it going, Ben? Has some questions. Um, and this is basically how does Google handle proximity in statewide searches for map listings? Now, for example, if somebody searches fishing lodges in Montana or fly fishing in Montana, uh, and they are located in Minnesota, the map listing comes up. How does Google decide which map listing shows up first? The top map listing seems to be different than the organic. Is proximity a factor? If yes, how? So, we know the three factors that influence local rankings are relevance, prominence, and proximity. And we also know that proximity plays a much larger role when it comes to map pack rankings. So we're talking about the map pack here. So we know that proximity plays a larger role, but it doesn't play the only role. And that's where a lot of people get things wrong. You still have to have solid enough signals to be relevant and prominent. And then that list is sorted by proximity. Now, when you're searching from out of state, you don't have that locational or proximity factor at all. So basically think of it like it's almost saying proximity and location doesn't matter. You said, okay, cool. I want fly fishing. What was it? Fly fishing in Montana. Yeah. You're searching without the proximity factor and seeing how things are ranked on everything else. This is something we do a lot of times with our clients say, Hey, look, if we want to see how things kind of shake out without the proximity factor there, do that search from out of state so that you don't have proximity influencing the results. And then you kind of see the non-proximity bias of how those things are, are showing up. And then obviously locationally it's different. Also the, I got to do the screen share on this dude. Do it. (laughs) We have to share this. As we were looking at this beforehand, we did the fly fishing Montana and look at that spam-tastic number one listing right there. And what do you think they do? Fly Fly fishing Montana, Montana trout gods, fly fishing Bozeman, Montana. (laughs) I think it's a dry cleaner, dude. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, that's that's a stellar example of massive, massive spamminess. I I thought they were underwater basket weavers. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I got to find if there really is an underwater basket weaving thing and just do SEO for them for free just because there is, know. dude, there is a category for underwater. But yeah, I know. But like, I don't know of anything weaving. that's really exists out there. I, I'd have to go find one and just say, <laughs> hey, can I just do your SEO for free? Because awesome. <laughs> if you're watching this and you do underwater basket weaving, call me. <laughs> yeah, just saying free SEO for underwater basket weavers. <laughs> Maybe Not like they'd it. really need it, but hey, you could get it for free. So, right. Yeah. Chase, there has to be an agency that specializes in this. Well, there will be as of next week. I can guarantee you. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. So, we are at 48 minutes. We've got 12 minutes left. We've got some questions. Uh, you ready to go into our lightning round? Uh, before we go to the light, well, as the first part of lightning round, we've got one left of the pre vetted questions that is yours. So, I'm going to hit you with that and then we'll All go right. lightning round. Okay. So, uh, this one is from Stephen Asman. Uh, question is Do press release distribution services help as backlinks? And- there we go. So, uh, hey, Stephen, thank you for the question. So the answer is no. Um, we want to go back to humans again, right? And that is, is that how is this going to help people? Um, if you're getting thousands of spammed links out there on PR, Newswire, or whatever. And um, Google actually came down on these a long time ago, where I think, gosh, I'm going to say 2012. 
Yeah, 12 or 13. It's been a while. I mean, it's been almost 10 years that Google flat out said, don't do this. You can actually get penalized for it if you overdo it. Yeah, exactly. So the basic concept goes something like this. And that is, is that if it's beneficial for a user, then you do it. If it's not beneficial for a user, don't do it. Don't think about SEOs. Think about people first. Think Period. about too, you know, if you're putting a press release out, put it out because you have something press worthy to talk about and you're doing it because you want to get those press mentions, not because you're trying to get links. If you're doing Correct. it just for links, you're doing press releases for the wrong reason because they don't work. Yep. And and yeah, so Stephen, I see that you that you have gone back in there and say for getting back links, do you ever get results from the results from those PR companies? Heck yeah. Absolutely. Um, like uh, when I was in the gaming industry. Right. Um, basically, in, inside of the gaming industry, we would do press releases all day long because if one of those press releases got picked up by a, a major news source, man, you're talking about you would move some units. And the same thing worked in the hosting industry. We would put out press releases all the freaking time. Um, but again, it was because it was going in. There was one place or two places that would just pick it up as a news story. So. Uh, Chase, what do you got? What do you got? Any recommendations on PR? I was going to say it's something that real businesses do. So I feel like that always factors into Google at some minute level. It's kind of like no follow links, like real businesses generate them naturally. Mm-hmm. So I would say if it's natural to do a press release, then you should do it. Yeah, they have these other effects that are out there. Um but it's interesting to hear that you could actually get penalized for overdoing it. Well, I mean, that's more just with links in general. If, mm-hmm. if your link profile looks manipulated to an extreme, then you're kind of risking getting it. Back. Yeah. Like if your whole, if your profile is 90% press release links, that's probably an easy red. Flag. Yeah, it's not natural. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. We need a thunder sound or something exciting for lightning round. And I don't have one. So. Well, get on that, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something awesome. All right, so uh, let's do it. Lightning round. We have eight minutes. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Want to go first, Greg? Uh, what? Ask you first, or you ask me first? No, I guess I'll just ask you first. Why not? All right. So I want to. I have a lightning round question for you guys too. At some point. Ooh, you go oh, first. No, then. no, hit it, hit it, hit it. Go, Chase. Okay. What are you guys seeing with your clients for GMB chat? So we, when you integrate GMB, GMB, I'm going to call it GMB, into a high level, we automatically turn on GMB chat. And it's been fantastic for our clients, our agencies, because they're able to tell their clients about something they don't know exists, turn it on, and then people start using it. And the clients are like, wow, magical leads. Like, how are you doing this? And the truth is the traffic's already going to GMB. They just didn't have the chat turned on. So are you talking about the business chat? Yeah. Like business messaging, basically? So are you also adding in all of the other entry points, um, getting those indexed and also adding like um, conditional questioning? Nope. So we just turn it on. So basically mobile SERP and Maps app. Got it. Okay. Um, uh, Business messaging is super important. Right. I mean, it's it's basically it's text uh, and people want to answer. They will go ahead and they will send a message. Yeah. Um, so I remember when the bug was around where it used to show on our phones all the time with our clients. Um, we was, I would see all sorts of different stuff coming through and it was great. I mean, it was sales is what it was. Totally. Um, I think that the business messaging capabilities, the more powerful parts of it, those are amazing. You know, where you were, for instance, um, I saw it on a hairstylist listing and, you know, it's like, uh, are you looking for an appointment? Would you like to book an appointment now? Would you like to talk to somebody? You know, little prompts that the business didn't even have to make. And they were just automated basically like a bot. Um, so if you guys do yeah, that, we let you build, you can build the bots in high level for that channel. But I guess what I'm interested in is, so Google's made it very clear to us that they're going to push it. They're going to continue to push it really, really hard. Sure. They want to find a way to roll it out to desktop. But do you guys see it correlate with anything as far as rankings? Uh, so, and I'm, I'm sorry, Greg, I'll, I'll just take in this really quick. No, no, go um, ahead. Yeah, Remember, this it, is lightning round, though. 
Yeah. yeah, that's true. Okay. Uh, so very quickly, the answer is, is that um, there is actually with business messaging, it does actually translate to a small rank boost. That's if you keep your MRR respectable. Uh, merchant response rate is what MRR is. And that is how basically how fast you respond and if you respond at all to business messaging. So it gives a itty bitty boost. But when Ben says itty bitty boost, that doesn't mean everybody should go rush out and do it right now because that's going to make you be number one. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't work that way. You gave a good disclaimer because Google makes it very, very clear that your response time is if it drops below a certain threshold, they'll shut it off. And so, you know, if you just go run around turning it on. It doesn't make sense to turn it on and not use it, but people will do that, you know. Exactly. All right. Let's do this. We might run over a little bit or have to leave these questions for next week. Uh, Trisha asks, a business set up a GBP and never got verified. It's now suspended. All right. They moved to another state, set up a new GBP. It's verified and has two reviews. When the Google, when you Google the business, the unverified suspended account shows up in the knowledge panel. Ugh! All right. Uh, even when fake location, show wrong one shows up. What is the best way to get the correct one to show up? Currently, we're getting new reviews, adding photos, adding products, completing everything in GPP, reported the bad GPP as not existent by several users. Uh, how come the, so, okay, the other one's suspended? Why would they set it up it? and never verify it in the first place? That's confusing. I mean, it doesn't help now, but. Never got it for verified. It's, it's now suspended. If it's, susp- okay, so then it's a soft suspension. Um, depending on the category. So what I would do is I would actually just reach out to Google support and say, Hey, we don't need this listing. It's soft. Uh, it is suspended. Um, I forget the technical term they use for it, but, but yeah, so it's, it's still showing up on search. We do not have control of this. Uh, and we would like it removed from SERPs or permanently closed. And because unfortunately if it's suspended, you can't permanently close it. You can suggest an edit, but that's, you know, may or may not work. So um, that would be the answer. Either that or get control of it and shut it down and then permanently close it. That's about all you can do. All right. Next question. This one's for you, bud. All right. Uh, not a, oh. That's not, <laughs> not a, question. a question. We get to skip that one. All right. Okay. Oh, boy. Done. All right. Next one. Uh, I got a question about Q&A notifications. People post on a company's GMB profile. Do you know why Google only sends out notifications to accounts that have less than 10 locations in their dashboard? Why do franchises and agencies do? What do franchises and agencies do to keep up with Q&As? They obviously can't check 50 of them daily, right? Uh, Not right. You can check 50 plus daily if you use a third-party tool. Uh, yep. I would never suggest, even if you have a single location, I wouldn't suggest doing anything other than having a third-party tool that just monitors it for you. Uh, we actually, uh, we use Places Scout. We love Places Scout. Uh, Places Scout, you can actually configure it to send you an email every time there's a new question submitted. So you don't even have to remember to log in to check because you're just going to get an email alert sent to you when you get something new. Uh, there's a lot of other platforms out there. It's not like that's the only one, but there's a lot of platforms. A lot of them are reputation management platforms that will check the Q&A on your GBP. So uh, Mr. or Mrs. Uh, anonymous attendee. Um, I mean, I love places scout. I always recommend them, but there's plenty of other ones out there. Just find a third party tool. Yep. Right on. Lightning round. All right. Uh, uh, what about uh, Chase? What about high level? Do you guys do anything with Q&A? With no, we don't. We okay. are rolling out social media posting, and GMB posts will are a part of the V1. But no, we don't mess with the Q and A. Well, you should. Absolutely, That's a good idea. Yeah, especially um, because right now, and I know this isn't this is lightning round, but there is a bug right now that's been around for about a year. That if yeah. you answer a question as the business, it should be labeled as the business name, and then it will say owner in parentheses. But because of this bug, the only profile that's allowed to do that is the profile that is the owner profile. So if you have manager profiles or if you're working with an agency and the agency has been given manager access and the agency answers or one of your other manager profiles answers, it's just labeled as whatever that profile's name is and not the business owner. 
So if you use one of those third-party tools that is connected through the API, then the answer is labeled correctly. So that's why the third-party tools are awesome. Great question for you. Have you have you tried to use the in-search experience with Google Business Profiles? Because Q&A is there now. And I have you can not tried to do it in respond. the in-search experience. Does it label it correctly if you're not the owner? I believe it does. Well, I will have to go run and test that today because that is awesome too. I, I like that. I like the using the, the platform we use because I can also submit questions and do all that. Oh, yeah. Bang it all out and not have to worry about logging into a bunch of different profiles. So we use we use the API tool uh, yeah. too, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, the API always works one hundred percent of the time. All right, um, all right. One for you. I am uh, from Michael. Uh, Michael, like Michael and Trisha are always here. I love that. Really I'm finding guys. tons of post office GBPs when I go to suggest an edit. What do I pick? Ah, uh, yes, fraudulent, misleading, or you can do doesn't exist. Up to you. They're kind of, they function the same. All right. So let's see. That's done. All right. Stephen Asman. Stephen's been with us a lot. <clears throat> Has a question for you, Greg. Do picks in GBP help with ranking in map? So I don't know that anyone has ever proven a direct correlation, uh, but we tend to see the people that put more photos in there do have better visibility. But that's also the people that are more on top of doing SEO and the people that are more on top of optimizing GBP. So I don't know of anybody that's done a study where nothing has changed other than they regularly update a lot of photos. And if that matters, uh, but anecdotally, yes, if you put a lot of photos in and you change your photos out all the time, you tend to have better visibility. Cool. All right. Uh, let's see. Next question. Okay. And this is the last one because we're out of time. Yes. How problematic is it to rename your law firm on, I'm going to combine both of these because they're both from Sean. So how problematic is it to rename your law firm on GBP? Also, this is a different Sean lawyer from the other Sean lawyer earlier because partners leave and join law firms all the time. So law firms traditionally have partner names and some are ethically required to do so. So how problematic is it to change that name? Okay. So if you are a lawyer, you're a personal injury lawyer, Sean. Hey, how's it going, buddy? If you are a personal injury lawyer, you've got a problem because every time you change your name, you have a high percentage of getting suspended. However, if you are just adding another person's name to your listing, it's not that bad. So if you're not a personal injury lawyer and you want to go ahead and say, add Sean, Ben, and Greg, you know, awesome law firm, uh, go for it. Do it. You know, obviously, especially if you're ethically required to do so or, or the bar states that you're supposed to do so. Don't think about Google at this point. You need to be thinking about your bar license. Um, so that's number one. You know, if you're talking about adding keywords, eh, that's a little bit of a different story, right? Adding keywords can be a lot more, put a big target on your back and get reported for spam. But if it's just partner names, go for it. Make the change. Make sure you update your signage, however, if you have a storefront. But if you are a PI attorney and you do get suspended, you'll be able to get it back fairly easily. So usually, <laughs> usually 98% of the time. All right. Well, cool. Um, with that, you're welcome, Sean. Absolutely. So with that, Chase, do you have any um, pearls of wisdom that you would like to leave the audience with as far as what should agencies really think about when it comes to helping their clients this year in local marketing? Well, I would say uh, we like to help agencies help themselves first. And the one thing I always point out with SEO agencies is they get so hung up on the search results, they forget about the rest of their clients' needs. And so one thing that we try to help with at high level is like, hey, when you get the ranking and then it generates leads, what happens then? And so one light bulb I try to help spark in, in agency owners' minds is if you're just letting the leads go to your clients as like an email notification, they're going to fumble it every time. And so the agencies that take it one step further and, you know, use automation and online scheduling to try to generate, you know, the next step for their clients are agencies that tend to retain clients for longer. Awesome. Cool. Greg, do you have any words of parting wisdom for this week? Uh, not really. Okay. My, my brain is, I got back super late. 
because uh, the weather was bad and yeah, and I'm just tired from my trip. So right you were working on what was the show? What was the show you were working on? I, I, I don't know that I'm allowed to say. Yet. I tried, guys. I tried to get it out of him. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I find out I'm allowed to say, I can uh, talk about it on the next episode. There we go. And with that, we've got another show on the books. Thank you so much to my co-host, Greg Gifford and Chase. Thank you for joining us, sir. We really appreciate you and everything that you guys are doing for agencies. And with that, we are done for the day. Everybody have a fantastic weekend and we will see you in two weeks. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Bye. See y'all.